Good morning, everyone. Can I have all y'all stand up? I want to say hello to everybody watching on all our campuses. Let's give all those people out there a big hand, all the campuses and online. God bless y'all. Do we have any visitors here in any of our campuses? Raise your hand and let's give them a big hand. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. My name is Miles McPherson, pastor of the Rock, and we welcome you to church today. Got a, hopefully a good service for you, and uh, let's pray. By the way, how many of y'all, your World Series team won yesterday? Five people. <laughs> five people. Five people. Okay. All right. How many of y'all don't care? 5,000 people. 5,000 people. Okay. Uh, if you are for the campuses watching the people online, we had a great worship here in Point Loma. We were on our knees throughout the building, and it was awesome. And I'm sensing that God's going to do something spiritually powerful in your life, all of us. And, and we're going to pray to that end that we believe that God is here, obviously he's here, that we acknowledge that he's here, and we acknowledge that he wants something for us that we don't have. Amen? Lord, we just thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your goodness. And Lord, we just thank you uh, that you are better to us than we deserve. We have so much that we um, have received from you that we do not deserve. And we want to thank you and acknowledge you, tell you we love you. We know we can't pay you back, but we can live a life of gratitude and appreciation. So we tell you thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you could look at the person next to you and tell them, just look them in the eye, ask them their name, and tell them whatever their name is. I am so appreciative of what God has done in my life. Okay, me? Amen. Amen. Turn to First Chronicles 28. First Chronicles 28. Uh, the Rock Academy has a football team here, eight-man football team. And I went to the game last night and uh, we a playoff game. We didn't come out on the, the, the better end of that game. Uh, but when I went, I wore, a, I, have, I have a bunch of long coats because I like long coats and we don't only get Harley wear them here in California. So anytime I think I could even be close to needing my coat, I got my long coat, had my beanie, had my scarf, because I do not like being cold. Can I get an amen? And people always say, you're from New York. I said, that has nothing to do with my, <laughs> that's why I don't like it, because I grew up with it. I hate cold weather. And, um, and so I, I always come prepared, anticipating that the temperature is going to drop, even though it's San Diego. And people are like, it's, you know, someone was blasting me on, not blasting me, but someone, hey, man, you're, you got a beanie on on Instagram, and it's, it's 70 degrees. I said, well, it's not 70, it was 68. So, so <laughs> <laughs> but I went in preparation for what might happen. And, and when you prepare for something, you are making a decision today or now about antici in anticipation of what something may happen later. Say preparation. preparation. 
Um, four weeks ago or so, we started a series called Hartford House. Anyone say Hartford House? And we've been talking about the life of David and how David wanted to build the house of God. And he told God, we're going to read this, that I want to build the house for God for the Ark of the Covenant. Ark of the Covenant was where the presence of God dwelt. And if you had the, the Ark, you had the presence, and then you had the, if you had the presence of God, you had the blessing of God. So David says, I want to build God a house. And we're going to see that God's going to tell him, no, your son's going to do it. And so what David proceeded to do was prepare. I'm going to say prepare. I'm going to prepare everything in place for my son to build the house. So we've been talking about how can we invest in this house, not only the building, but the ministry of the Rock Church. This is the house. The house is the building. The house is the people. The house is the mission that God has given us. How can we be, have a heart for this house? A heart is a passion, a commitment to what God has called us to do. This is a church, but it's really a, ch- a family of the, God's family. So we looked at four things about so far. We looked at one, a heart for the house. It's a heart for the house, has a heart for God. That first we have to have a heart for God. All that we do, and, and, and God is going to hold me accountable, hold us accountable, is to help you have a heart for God. Not a heart for this local church, not a heart for me, not a heart for the staff, but a heart for God. Can I get amen? And, and, when, and if anyone has ever uh, told you were a cult, which I've heard a lot of times, here's the thing about cults. Cults don't point you to God. Cults point you to themselves. Yeah. That's one of the definitions, that the, the leader is the only one with the information. Ah, you got information I don't have. It's all right here in the Bible, right? So, so we want to continue to point you to Jesus and the Spirit of God living in you and, you and go for it. Are you following what I'm saying? So you have to have a heart for God. Have a heart for God. So we're trying to get you there. Number two, to have a heart for the house, you have to have a grateful heart. We're going to pray a prayer of gratefulness. Say, God, thank you. Oh, my gosh. If that could stay on your mouth, coming out of your mouth, in your lips, on your tongue, thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you, God. There is nothing you have that's good that you cannot thank God for. All good gifts come from God who's above. So we have to keep reminding ourselves of because we always, our natural fleshly, carnal, sinful, selfish, egotistical, prideful self is all about, I did it. I did it. You know what I'm saying? Say thank you, God. Keep that in your mouth. Keep that in your mouth. Okay. Number three, number three, we talked about a heart for the house is a jealous heart. God, I want to make sure there is no question in your mind and your heart that I appreciate you. And when I worship you, I, I don't want any other idol, God, person, think that I'm worshiping them more than you. You are. I, and so David, when he brought the ark to Jerusalem, he was dancing. He took his royal robes off. We saw that last week. And he was dancing around. He didn't care what anybody thought. He wasn't trying to be cool. You can't worship God if you're cool. <laughs> Ladies, have you ever said, I love you to someone, I love you? And they went, yeah, I love you too. I'm not going to ask you to say amen if that happened to you or not, but if it ever happened to you, you know it was jacked up, right? It's like, I didn't get back what I, I, didn't get back what I was putting out, right? You can't worship God like this. Yeah, I worship you, Lord. I appreciate everything you've done. You are so, I can't, I always forget songs. I can't sing songs unless I'm singing them, so I'm, I'm making this up as I'm going, right? I worship you more than every other God. He's like, really? I want all of you. David says, I'm so jealous. I'm so focused on being completely just devoted to you that nobody's going to mistake my devotion to you, God. We talked about that last week. Today we're going to talk about 
a prepared heart. In order for you to worship God, you got to be prepared. Now, um, we've been doing this four-week series leading up to a special offering we're going to take next week. I want to prepare you for that, to understand what it's about, why we're doing it, and then prepare you so when you come next week, you are ready to participate in the offering. Now, We are, our goal is $5 million for this year-end offering to go to certain things that I'm going to show you. Number one, know God. We want to raise uh, money. We're, we're building a 300-seat community chapel right here in this Point Loma building. Um, and it's going to replace our bookstore because the bookstores are somewhat not used anymore. <laughs> and so we're going to create a 300-seat chapel for funerals and weddings and different ministry uh, opportunities, uh, building repairs, world missions, digital evangelism. Uh, we saw 366,000. We see, we see about 1,000 people a day get saved online from our digital evangelism. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand that. That's all about eyeballs and promotion and money. It's really simple. So we want 2.5 million for that. That's no God. Grown community, we, we're trying to raise 1.5 million dollars for all these ministries and all the things we're gonna do. We're gonna create a, 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 past, a discipleship pathway and an app for that, a digital platform to track people and get people from not knowing God to actually out, out the back door, not out the back door, but um, leveraging their gifts. We don't want to go out the back door. We want to close the back door. <laughs> but from people walking in the front door, not knowing anything about God, and perfect this system and this digital platform to help you get to the point where you are leveraging your gifts to make a difference in the world. And number three, make a difference. Toys for Joy. I'm going to say Toys for Joy. That's coming up here within a month, Toys for, in December, Toys for Joy. We have our 26 year of serving kids in the community with Christmas gifts, food, and all that, and the gospel. Amen. All the crisis response stuff we do in the community, neighborhood cleanups, Rocket City events, and 1.5 million for that. Now, here's the great thing. We have five, 5 million as our goal. We've already raised 2 million. Come on now. Come on, church. So you have received, I believe, when you walked in here, an envelope. This is what the envelope looks like. And we would like to encourage you, you give a one-time gift or a recurring gift, and here's all your information you put in there. Next week, we are going to collect that. So we want to help encourage you today to begin preparing for that. Now, anytime you do something like this, there's people who give gifts of all different sizes, and the number one goal is that you are faithful to what God tells you to do. That's it. If you're trying to raise this amount of money, you always need a seven-figure gift or something a million and above. We have a million-dollar gift already. Come on, come on, church. Amen. I believe there's another one. And if God is, okay, we'll, we'll sign you up right there. <laughs> I believe God's going to bless you so you can bless us. <laughs> Come on now, baby. Come on now, baby. No, I, I'm serious. I'm, God's going to speak to some of a six-figure gift, some, a four-million gift, a four-figure gift, a three-gift, and someone's going to bless God to give $10. And if that's what God's blessed you, great. Just be faithful. Come on, let's give, it, give the Lord a hand. It's going to go to those things that want to keep reaching, reaching the city and beyond with the gospel. Can I get amen? 
And so I want to, before I pray, I want to say a word of uh, uh, us to pray a prayer of gratitude like we did last week. So I'm going to ask everybody in all the campuses, if you could stand up, let's stand up and just declare this prayer. One, two, three. Thank you, God, for waking me up today. Come on. I praise you because you always have a word for me and answer to my questions and comfort for my pain. Thank you, God, for your unconditional love. Thank you, God, for your forgiveness, Lord. Thank you that you have given me the opportunity to give financially. Thank you, God, for your grace in my life. Thank you for your patience in my life. Thank you for your, your whisper in my dark hours. Thank you, God, for your peace in my troubled times. Thank you for your strength in my weakness. I love you, God. Speak to me, Lord. Fill me, Lord. Encourage me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. In Jesus' name, I need nothing more than you, God. Amen. Come on, church. Come on, church. You may be seated. First Chronicles 28. First Chronicles 28. First Chronicles 28. Next week, we'll have our offering. Pray about that. And we're just going to read what David said. Look what it says. First Chronicles 28, 1 and 2, it says, David assembled at Jerusalem all the leaders of Israel. Say leaders. These, well, look what it says. David assembled all the leaders. And it says, the officers of the tribes, there were 12 tribes, the captains of the divisions who served the king, the captains over thousands, captains over hundreds, and the stewards over all the substance and possessions of the king and his sons with the officials, the valiant men and the mighty men of valor. Yeah, he had his government officials, he had his spiritual officials, and he had his warriors who kicked people's behinds. <laughs> okay, the king rose to his feet and said, hear me, my brethren and my people. And I, I had it in my heart to build a house for the rest of the ark of the covenant of the Lord. I had it in my house to build a place where the Ark of the Covenant could rest and be there permanently and for the footstool of our God. And I made preparations. Everyone say preparations. Watch this. He planned in advance. Now, not only am I encouraging you to plan in advance for the offering next week, but plan in advance for the rest of your life. I'm going to tell you, plan in advance for your death. Plan in advance for your death. I'm going to plan my own funeral. I'm going to, provided everything happens according to schedule. Um, <laughs> and what I mean by that, that I don't die before I get my plans ready, I'm going to preach at my funeral. Now, my wife may like, we the, the people there, they go, we ain't doing that, okay? So I'm, I'm hoping they'll play the video. <laughs> But my, my family's not going to fight over my possessions because it's already planned. Please do that for your family's sake. Plan that when you die, you go to heaven and not hell. When I watched my parents die, it hit me. How am I going to die? I was driving down the freeway the other day and I saw a little kid jump out of a window of a car on the freeway. Jump out of the window of the car. And I'm like, watching this happen right before me. You have no idea what's going to happen in your life. So David 
says, if I'm not going to do it, I'm going to do everything I can to, to set up my son. What we do here at this church is not for us only. As a matter of fact, the church is the only institution set up for the people who aren't in it. <laughs> I'm going to say that twice more, and I'm going to pause for emphasis so you can think about it. The church is the only institution set up for the people not in it. Jesus died for the people who are against him, not the people who are for him. The church is the only institution set up for the people not in it. We are here to serve the people who don't know God. Now, what are you saying? What about me? What about you? We're here to invest in you so you can go invest in someone who's not here. We come, we come inward when it's just about us. Just about, it's about me, it's about me, it's about me, it's about me. And you know, no, no, no. It's about them. And when you, we, churches lose their edge, their spiritual fervor, when they forget the people that it's for. The people on the outside, the people who can't stand God, who curse God, that's the people we want to go for. 100%. Jesus said, I came for the sick, not the healthy. So if you think, well, I'm all, I'm all good and, uh, you know, look at those sinners over there. Well, God, God's like, well, uh, you're not on my team. I ain't come for you. I came for people who could say, thank you, God. You know, one of his, one of his most faithful disciples was a woman who had seven demons cast out of her. Now, if you would have seen a woman with seven demons, you'd be like, going the other way. God said, that's the one I want. To whom's forgiven much, loves much. And because God delivered those demons from her, forgave her, she's like, I have nowhere else to go. That's, that's what the gospel is about. So David, when he said, when God said, no, your son's going to do it, he said, okay, I'm going to do everything in my power to help him and set him up. So what we do here is for the next generation. And you have to get your mind and heart wrapped around that because that's the heart of God. And so look what, look what it says. It says, it says David wrote, gave his son the plans of the vestibule, its houses, its treasures, its upper chambers, its inner chambers, the place of the mercy seat, the plans for all that he had by the spirit of the courts of the house of the Lord, of all the chambers all around and the treasuries of the house of God and the treasuries of the dedicated things. David wrote it all out and then look what he said to his son. He said, David said to his son, be strong and of good courage and do it. Do not fear nor be dismayed of the Lord. My God will be with you. Do you know that the Bible says 365 times, do not fear. Everyone say, do not fear. For every day, God wants you to say, don't fear. Why? Because trusting God is scary. <laughs> when, when Peter was in the boat and Jesus was walking on the water and, and, and Jesus said, come step out of the boat. He's like, ah, ha. <laughs> it's scary. It's scary obeying God. Can I get amen? Uh, by the way, if you're, if you're walking with God and you don't have times where you're like, I don't know, this is going to be a trip. Uh, you, you're probably not walking by faith. Oh, you probably got, you're probably staying right in the bubble where you feel comfortable. I want to do what I understand. And, and God's always going to call you to say, hey, go over there and pray for that person in Vons. In Vons. You go to Vons and, you, and you're walking down the aisle and you say, how you doing? And, and the person says, you know, and maybe some of you know because maybe you don't talk to people you don't know. I do, so it's a little different. But you may not be that person. But you may see someone that you know, how you doing? They go, oh, okay. And you go, oh, good. And you keep walking. And God says, whoa, whoa, whoa back up. Ask them how they're really doing. You know, I ain't doing that, God. That's faith right there. 
Go pray for them. That's faith right there. Or someone you don't know, and you're not that person that talks to people, yet God says, I don't care. I made you that way. Still, I want you to talk to them. And that's scary. That's faith. That's faith. That's why it says, don't fear, because in those times you're scared. Now he's telling his son, son, you are going to have this project that's way above your head. But I got you. I'm prepared for you. I'm preparing stuff for you. The Bible says we just read that God got his leaders. There is always in churches and organizations, but churches, a vision gap. It's the gap between the resources needed for the vision and the resources currently in, uh, uh, present for the vision. That's the offering to make that gap. You understand it. Leaders understand that. People say, well, they're trying to get my money. No, leaders understand it takes money. To, it takes resources. It takes people. It takes people serving. It takes people opening up doors of opportunity to make things happen. And so, 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 so David said, I'm going to get my leaders who understand all that, and I'm going to tell them first. And then I'm going to tell my son, son, this is going to be scary. And anytime you do anything of faith, it's scary. Buying your first house, signing that 47,000-page contract that's this long, and signing your life away, it's scary. Getting married, oh, man, this is supposed to be forever. It's supposed to be. Take divorce off the table. If you're not married, if, you, if you're married, or if you're going to get married, take divorce off the table. Don't do it with that as an option. Uh, divorce is not an option for my wife and I. We just got to work it out. That's the point of it. Work it out. If you've got a divorce, may God comfort your heart and bring healing to your family. Okay, number one, number one, number one. A prepared heart understands the focus of the house. A prepared heart understands the focus of the house. Say, on the count of three, say Jesus. One, two, three. Jesus. That's the focus. And you remember what I said? That the church is the only institution created for the people not in it. When you leave church today and you walk and go to your job or your school tomorrow and you see people who don't know God, just be reminded the church is for them. And you are an extension of the church. The church is not for us in a little huddle. The church is for them. And we are the extension of the church to love them. That's how it works. It is not where you come so I can serve you. It's where you come so I can encourage, hopefully inspire you to go out and reach them. Because you and I used to be them. And God says, just what I did for you, you go and do for other people. The comfort I gave you, you comfort other people with the same comfort. I used to use cocaine, so who am I to look at someone who used cocaine and say, oh, you're messed up. I'm like, no, I know what it's like. I used to smoke the weed, and who am I to look at someone who smokes the weed and say, you're messed up. Say, oh, I can help you out. I used to do all those things, and so have all of us. Can I get amen? We, we did all kinds of stuff. And so God says, I'm going to comfort you. You love, rub all that comfort lotion all over you, and now you go share that lotion with somebody else. That's what it's for. And so, so he says here, that we have to be prepared. And he says to the son, son, do not fear. So look what it says, a prepared heart. Look, it says, furthermore, David said to the, to the assembly, my son Solomon, whom alone God has chosen, is young and inexperienced, and the work is great. You know what's cool about that? God's going to give you a work that's way above your head. You know the Bible says that God will never give you more than you could take? Yes, he will. <laughs> yes, he will. <laughs> he gives you more than you can take on your own. 
He will always give you more than you can take on your own. And what I mean by that, he's always going to give you more things that you can't do by yourself, things that you need him for. So he told Solomon, he said, my son is inexperienced. Let's read that one more time. He said, my son is inexperienced and the work is great because the temple is not for man, but for God. Um, for all the people watching online and all the campuses, what we did here, worship, is we got on our knees. We, the whole room got on our knees. And because we're not here singing to each other, we're not here doing a concert, we're here singing to God. So we got on our knees to just be reminded that it's really about Him and not us. Your service is about Him. Your giving is about Him. Your praise is about Him. You're coming to church on time. I noticed a lot of people were here, more people were on time today. That's great. Worship should be the most exciting, energetic portion of the service. And it's the most, I don't know which part is more important. It's definitely not listening to me. The word, yes. And the worship, yes. But you can't miss the worship. That's... When you go to heaven, you, now this is just me, you're not going to hear any sermons. You're going to worship all day and night. By the way, ain't going to be day, ain't going to be night because there is no night. And, 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 and the light, the light of the world is going to be right there. So it's going to be light all time. Okay. So look what it says. It says, when he removed him, he raised him up. And this is what it says about David. When, when he removed Saul, when God removed Saul from being king, he raised up for them David as a king to whom also he gave testimony and said, this is what God said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after whom my own heart, a man after my own heart will do my will. Do you know the one single test to know if you are after, have a, if you're a person, a woman, or a man after God's heart is that you do what God says? I'm going to say it two more times and I'm going to pause between each time to, for emphasis. The one way you can know you have a, God, a heart after God is that you do what God says. The one way you can know that you have a heart after God is that you do what God says. That's it. Has nothing to do with your feeling. Has nothing to do with, has nothing to do with how you dress your, your King James language, uh, you know, and, and even quoting scripture unless it is what God has told you to do. And whenever you hear people make mistakes on TV and the media and they go, well, God knows my heart. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I don't know, and I'm not speaking to any of those people specifically, but the problem is God knows our heart. We are deceitful and desperately wicked, the Bible says. It doesn't mean everything we say is bad, but are you doing what God says? Are you going to the church God wants you to go? Are you serving the ministry God wants you to serve? Are you coming to church at the time God wants you to come? Are you coming to the church with the frequency God has called you to do? Are you involved in ministry, small group like God wants you? Are you giving at the degree God wants you? Are you doing, are you talking and forgiving people? Are you encouraging people? Are you leveraging your gifts the way God wants you to do? That is the sum, the beginning and the end, the first and the last of Christianity right there is doing what God says. The Bible says the greatest commandment is to love God with your heart, mind, and soul. To love God with your heart, mind, and soul is the number one commandment and love your neighbors yourself is just the second behind it and to love God means the definition of loving God means obeying God as a definition it has nothing to do with what you feel and what I mean by that is that you will feel like it sometimes and sometimes you won't feel like it but it still means you got to do it 
As a matter of fact, when you obey God, when you don't feel like it, proves that you really love God. Um, you, you, know, you can get that, 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 what's that, what's that, Wizard of Oz munchkin? Mm-hmm. I want to do it. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to do it anyway. Great. Great. Number two, and we'll end with this. A prepared heart allocates resources for the house. David, in advance, prepared all these precious things for God's house. Look what it says. It says, now for the house of God. Everyone say house of God. He had a heart for God. He had a heart for the house. I have prepared with all my might. Say all my might. Oh my gosh. He prepared with all my might. Gold for the things to be made with gold. Silver for the things of silver. Bronze for the things of bronze. Iron for the things of iron. Wood for the things of wood. Onyx stones, stones to be set, glistening stones of various colors, all kinds of precious stones, and marble slabs in abundance. He, he says, if I'm not going to build it, I'm going to prepare everything for my house to build it. That's what he did. And as he prepared all this, and then he gave it to Solomon, and Solomon built the most incredible temple ever for the house of the Lord. And look what it says in Matthew. It says, do not lay it for yourself Treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. David said, I know I can't take all this with me. I'm going to prepare it and set my son up because he's going to build something that is for God, not for man. Before you can do that, though, you have to surrender your heart and prepare your heart. And there are some of you in here, you've given your life to Christ and you're on fire, you can't wait next week, I'm gonna get my offering together and God's gonna bless me. And you, you're already in that mindset. You got your seven figure gift ready. All right, brother, I got you, I got you. See me after. <laughs> you got you, you got you, 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 God's speaking to you, he's blessing you and you're right on track. You're, you're one of those leaders that he talked about. They're already ready. And then there's some of y'all, you, you've given your life to Christ, you're like, eh, I don't know what I'm going to do. And, but you, you want to take that step forward and now become part of that leaders, that group. And then there's some of y'all, this is your first time here, and you're like, what's that dude's name? <laughs> what church am I at? <laughs> Great. You just came from a strip club. Great. You just got off the pole at the strip club. Welcome. You were selling drugs last night. You got out of prison last week. Welcome. God loves you. Just like he loves all of us. Amen. And if anybody ever represents anything to you different than that, they're having a bad day. But they don't represent the God that we serve. Because all of us We're down one of those roads before. But I want to pray for you that God will prepare your heart. And that when you come here, and even when you think about coming here, you're reminded that here in every church and around the world, that's under the banner of Jesus' name, is for the people who are not in it. And that your investment in it, whatever that investment is, is an investment in something eternal that's going to outlive you. And so I want to pray for your heart that you would say, God, I, I want to surrender my heart to you and I want to lay up treasures in heaven 
Every time I go on vacation and there's one thing that I spend money on, I don't, I'm not a big clothes guy. I go shopping once a year, get my Lululemon, that's about it. But I love going on a nice vacation. And I love to see what, are they, what, what, what kind of amenities they're going to have because I want someone to rub my feet. <laughs> and if you ever got a foot massage, it, it is, hey, yeah. It is, the, it, is, it is the most amazing thing I ever had as far as a massage goes. Just your, your knee down. So when I go, I'm like, okay, where am I get my foot massage? Where's, where, where's my wife going to sit by the pool? Where's the beach? Where's this? Where's the gym? Boom, 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 boom. Can you imagine what heaven's going to be like? You can. No eye has seen, no ears heard, the mind cannot even conceive. Because God gave your mind certain limitations. Abilities, but limitations. So God, I want to lay up treasure in heaven and surprise me. Surprise me. Oh, he said, oh, no, you're going to get surprised. But your faith, by faith, you have to trust that you're doing the right thing. So I want to pray to God to prepare your heart. And then next week we come here and we would blow that five million out of the water. Can I get an amen? Amen. And then we can go get a bunch of people who are not here, who are even cursing God right now. He loves those kind. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Lord, I know in every church there are all kinds of people, people who know you, love you, people who um, trust you, and then people who are struggling. I pray that you bless us and prepare us for next week, that you stir our hearts, that we may be generously appreciative of what you've done, and that you would exceed, even exceed our goal, that people would give willingly. And I pray for financial blessings beyond we ever could ask or imagine. In Jesus' name, amen.